Day. May Day. May come in base. Commander, I'm picking up a faint transmission. Repeat. Made under attack. Hideous creatures. Captain, your signal is weak. Please retransmit. Over. We've defeated thousands. Sub-alpha missiles. Malfunction. Stealth shields down. My men. Desperate. Horrible. Captain, get a hold of yourself. It's only a video game. Do you copy? Captain. Galaga. It's only a video game. Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. And if you didn't pick it up from the beginning there, we are talking about Galaga, a game that definitely doesn't have stealth shields or any sort of defense <laughs> mechanisms. Um, did you guys notice that? I, You know what? I, I thought maybe I just forgot that there was a button for the stealth shields, but yeah. I thought they were just so stealthy that they were, you wouldn't have seen them Ooh, yeah. or noticed them. And for anyone who's concerned, we're doing this uh, completely remotely, so it will sound a lot different than our usual episodes, but we're taking the necessary precautions here, making sure that we uh, keep the show alive, right guys? Don't get that Rona. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so but let's just talk about Galaga for a minute, because uh, this is one that I'm sure both of you had heard of before, correct? Oh, yeah. Yes. Played a bunch. So... Galaga first came to the arcades way back in 1981, and we, we've seen this a few times now where arcade games that from like the early 80s get ported uh, to the NES, and this one's no different. The only thing that's weird here is that this game already came to the Famicom way back in 1985, so it's not even that the port took long to make or anything, it's just that it was sitting on shelves waiting for its opportune North America moment. And that's just so strange to me because this is such an iconic game that you'd think that it would be within the first year or two. Right. You would have thought that this would have came in like that first third party wave that happened in 86. Yeah. Because Namco uh, was, 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 was kind of already releasing games on the NES at that point, or at least publishing them. So it seems weird to leave out Galaga, but maybe they know something that I don't. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and if, if you're doing what we're doing for, for some reason and actually going through in order on the NES, it's a little jarring to, ju- to jump into this game, which just, for better or worse, feels like it's from a totally different time period. Yeah, very else. much. Uh, it, it's You don't really see that too much nowadays. It seems that most games that come out, either uh, they either abide by the new design principles that have been established over the years, or they're... Uh, they're hearkening back to old ones on purpose. You don't really just see like, oh, here's a six-year-old game that's getting released for the first time on, on home consoles. Like, <laughs> what I would say is kind of the equivalent is um, is the the way that now we always see like Final Fantasy X HD remaster now for PS4, where it's like, okay, they didn't change anything particularly about the game; they just made it look nicer and released it again. So it's like a lot of people are playing that game for the first time on yeah. new systems, but it's an old thing, you know. I hear you. And and they also did something strange here, which is, and I don't know if this is a genius marketing move or whatever, but they added that subtitle, Demons of Death, to the Galaga (laughs) name, which is, yeah, so ridiculous. But at the same time, it's not a bad move because 
you would think that you're getting like a sequel to Galaga when you're actually just getting uh, the same exact version as the arcade game, just with a new subtitle. I think that this still exists in a way. I can't think of any specific examples off the top of my head, but I, I've, when ports happen, whether they're ports between systems or ports between uh, uh, console generations, they usually give it a a, a subtitle for no reason, I, at least with like Japanese releases, I feel. Yeah, and um, I think it's also important since we're since we're talking about Galaga so much already that we need to mention what Galaga really is in case you're not informed. And uh, the best way I could think of it is if you've ever played Space Invaders, it's like that except for the enemies actually like move and have attack patterns that you would see in like shmup games yeah. later on. So I actually, it's interesting you say that you say in shmups game shmup games later on. I was going to ask you, is this, would this be considered a shmup? I wouldn't consider it a no. shmup. So what sets this? I was I didn't think so either, but I don't really know. I can't really put my finger on the actual like parameters that set this aside from a shmup. I don't know if there's any actual parameters. I think well, the the one big one is that you don't have full control motion. You can only move left or right. Um, but I think that's sort of a a goofy reason to keep it out of a genre. Like it's sort of like how uh, g- genres turn into these sort of uh, like just gatekeeping situations where it's like, oh, that's not that. But but like, wait, it's got all of these features that make it this genre. But no, that's not that. I think it is like if, at the at its basis form a schmuck. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that it's not a shmup because, and, and this is going to sound like gatekeeping, so just keep me <laughs> honest here, but I think that it's not because there's no navigation of a level, right? You're always just fixed down at the bottom of the screen, and there's no obstacles to dodge, let alone, you know, the enemies can only come at you. You can't choose to work your way around the enemies. Uh, there's also no power-ups. I mean, I know that there's one that we'll get into, but for the most part, there's no, like, upgradable, customizable ship here. And there's no, like, um, there's no thematic thing that takes you from, like, the big boss at the end of a stage or even at the end of a game. Sure, and that's sort of... Uh, that would make me think this is more of, like, a proto-shmup, or, like, the, all the things that you just described that this game doesn't have were... Uh, were evolutions within the genre and not something that places it apart from it. But I don't know. It, it's it's totally subjective. But I, I agree with what you're saying there. I, actually, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I do think when I was playing this that I could see a lot of ways that games like Gradius would learn from the success of Galaga. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the actual gameplay here for a minute. And, and that could really be whatever you guys want it to be because the, the gameplay is so repetitive here. Uh, I, I would love to even get like initial impressions of the gameplay loop from you guys. Were you liking it at first? Was it too difficult? Did it take some getting used to? Sean, why don't you start? Um, so Galaga, it, it's really hard to separate like the, it's it's hard to think of a game that is so iconic in the early days of video games and, and break it down. Like when it's this simple, like I, I would say that upon playing it for this podcast, I, I be, I became more critical of it. Um, I think that it is, it, it, it becomes difficult to a fault in the later levels. 
um, maybe that's a holdover from its uh, its um, its attempt to be a a quarter eater back in the day. <laughs> um, but I don't know if are you asking like what what is the gameplay or how did I feel about the gameplay? How did you feel about the gameplay loop? Uh, just you know from the get go, like you don't have to talk about like your overall stance on the game. I guess I meant like upon initial boot knowing everything you know about the NES now, was this just too disappointing to enjoy or were you, were you able to have, I mean, I had fun in the fact that it is a very, uh, it's, it's a good emulation of the arcade game. Uh, it's a little disappointing now because we've seen so many leaps within, uh, the more current games and what they've been able to do, uh, with the hardware. Um, but you know, games like this have its place. I think that whether it's a whether it's a shmup or not, having it being so similar at its core, and having played all these other shmups, which I generally don't care for, um, and then playing this, where where I I know we've talked about before the fact that there are people that just want to that that do enjoy just like honing their skill and just doing something that's like uh, how many of these can I do without any like bells or whistles. I'm not one of those people, so for me to play this, taking like a shmup and stripping even like power ups and things away from it, I, I was pretty bored with it to be honest. <laughs> and and I'm a person who didn't have doesn't have any um, any nostalgia for this game, not nostalgia, not nostalgia <laughs> um, for this game. And I've heard of it, but I've never played it. And I and I just. It was kind of for me. It was just like, yeah, I get it. I've I've played things like this, and which is a little sad to me too, because I I do like going back to old games and old styles and seeing what's interesting about them. But this is just hitting that sweet spot of like what I don't generally care for. So so it wasn't really doing it for me. I, I actually liked. Uh, I think the basicness of it was working in its favor at least early on for me because. You know, now that we've seen so many different shmups, I didn't think of this as a shmup at all. I thought of it like an arcade game. And, and to to figure out, like, the diff, there's only four different types of enemies as far as I can remember. Yeah. And they all have the same pattern for each of the type of enemy. So you got, you almost like, you got into this state of flow in the game where you knew, like, oh, those are the um, enemies with wings and they're coming, the, the whatever, they look like, um, they're like bees almost, and they come down first, and they do this thing where they swoop around behind you, and at first I was always getting killed by them because I wasn't watching them after they left the screen, but then you kind of learn through it, and so I think that even if I never got like past like stage 10 of this game, it was still fun to kind of keep playing those early levels again and seeing how my high score would go. Oh, so now you are uh, looking at your high score, huh? I thought you would say that. So uh, my defense there is that uh, it's similar to playing the same uh, levels in Balloon Fight over and over again, <laughs> in that it's just fun in the sense of going over and doing the same thing but trying to improve. Whereas, like in a game like Castlevania, I wouldn't say it's fun to just keep playing the first level all the time. Sure. You would want to keep going. I understand. I just wanted to yank your chain, Mike. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and so there, there's a couple of like there's a couple of small details in this game though right I, besides the fact that the enemies have different patterns depending on what type of enemy they are there's also those um, boss galagas I think they're called and they're the ones that go all the way to the top of the screen yeah. and they have these tractor beams that come down and uh, they can take away your ship and that actually does cost you a life 
But instead, as a result, if you free that ship that was taken away, you can now have two ships fighting side by side. And in some ways, that is like the very first shmup power-up. Yeah, so when I was uh, playing this game for the podcast, I completely forgot that this was a uh, an actual gameplay mechanic. And I just find it interesting because this is the only example that I can think of of a the power up being granted to you by failing first and then uh and, and then getting something back like redeeming yourself later and because i yeah i hadn't i hadn't played that way on the arcade or in the past the past times that i played this game but it ended up being super helpful to sacrifice the queen <laughs> and then uh sort of give it get it back as extra firepower later yeah, it was cool. It actually had this, like, I don't want to say realism about it, but it was just, there's an interesting, like, cause and effect to it that you never see with other power-ups that are just scattered out, you know, throughout. It's like, no, you lost that ship, you're a new ship, but now you can, if you save it, you can attach yourself to it and have extra firepower. Yeah, and programming-wise, it's actually not even that hard to figure out how they would do something like that, but, it, like, at that time, it just seems like something so complicated. You're like... Wait, the, the the life that I lost can now be brought back, but as a power up to my <laughs> ship, uh, and it's a, it's a really useful power up, right? I'm sure once you guys figured out that you could recover it, you always started your game by getting caught. Yeah, and I don't see it so much as like a challenge in programming something like that. It's more just the the idea of coming up with that with that part of the game. Like I uh, wouldn't think that that they would. Goes. I mean, like, not not to pat him too much on the back, but this being 1981, that that that's pretty that's pretty interesting. <laughs> no, absolutely, and that's what I was saying. I, I I what I meant by programming was that the to the to the player, it would seem like this impossible uh, feat to like rescue your previous ship. You know, like like gain a yeah. life back <laughs> in a way. But it but realistically, they weren't doing anything that intense. Yeah, I've got to imagine in the arcade, this kind of became like a. One of those, one of those like little like legendary things where you see someone who's really good at the game have these two ships and kind of like, oh my god, how did you get that? Like, <laughs> th- like, <laughs> like that kind of thing where it's like, oh, there's these crazy secrets in these games before like that was so almost taken for granted. And there's also a um, a cool thing that's added to here that's a precision aspect of the game where it tells you, at, I believe it tells you after your game is over, the percentage that you hit. Um, uh, the enemies versus missed. So it tells you your total shots fired and your total number of hits, and then you can get a hit slash miss ratio. Yeah, I was always pretty bad. Um, I, I it kind of it kind of knocks you down a notch because you think you did pretty well, and then you're like, oh, I only had like fifty six percent. Fifty six sounds pretty good. I mean, did you have a lower score? Yeah, I was doing pretty poor. <laughs> Uh, I actually at first thought that there was just a problem with the precision of this game and like that my, you know, like the, the, the shoot that you do, like the bullet that you shoot is such a small little needle that I was like, oh, I'm just like, I need a bigger beam or something <laughs> like that. But no, I guess I just suck at this game because I was averaging like highest I ever got was maybe like 45, but a lot of times I would see like 36. Wow. I mean... Maybe I was just shooting it, a lot too, though. If you do get, I mean, not only in your accuracy, uh, do you do you get a, a hit to your ego at the end? 
Um, but you're also punished for, for spamming because it does that thing where it only allows like one bullet to be on the screen at a time. So if you miss, it's going to be a while. Yeah. And the turbo controller, uh, works the same way too. So if you use the turbo controller, you can only shoot like two, five, two shots in rapid succession and then you have to wait. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that that felt a little weird to me that it, it wasn't even necessarily just two shots for me. It would be like sometimes there'd be three in a row and then there'd be one and then there'd be four and then there'd be two. It just felt like there was no I'm hitting I'm hitting a the same speed every time. And it was just I felt like there was no consistency as to like when the gaps were in my my firepower. I don't know if you guys felt the same way because I'm watching some videos of it now and it doesn't seem to be the same case. I don't know. I mean, I when I was shooting, like when you get into, we'll get into the special stage or the the, the challenge stage, but um, that those stages are an example of like basically lining up the enemies for you so that you can get them all in rapid succession, and because they're all right in front of you, um, because they're all like in a single file line right into your uh, path of fire, you can shoot very rapidly, but. If you miss that, that's when you're getting those gaps in fire. Yeah, totally. that's probably right. Yeah, so let's talk about that challenge stage because um, I actually found that to be like a fun version of the game that I almost wish was like a mode B <laughs> kind of thing that you could just do on your own, like go through like, you know, no danger of getting blown up by any of the enemies or, or hurt, but just kind of like a target practice, learn the patterns kind of thing. Uh, did you guys have as much fun with this as I did? Yeah, it always felt like, a reprieve because again like you said you you can't die in these um and it, it's it's very satisfying if you can get a a full line of enemies that are going loop-de-loops before they can get away yeah i personally i kind of feel like i enjoyed this a little more than the regular stages only because there's like an an interesting level of like trying to time and strategize like where it almost feels like a little bit like like a like a phone like a mobile game that you'd see now where it's like line up all these things at the right time and you'll get a bunch of points at once or whatever, you know. Um, I can see that. Yeah, so it just gave me like a little more to think about, but still wasn't like in love with it or anything. <laughs> and what's funny is, is that you have, uh, you have... Oh, yeah, it sounded really like I yeah, just like, not, really don't want to pay a compliment to this game. <laughs> no, this game is, is good for the time it came out, but... Uh, they mentioned, uh, and by they I mean Namco mentioned, that when they were developing this game, they were taking a look at all successful arcade games at that point. And Pac-Man had just come out the year before, but they really liked the uh, the little interludes that happened between the levels, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're like the first cutscenes of video games, if you'll call them that. But uh, with, with Galaga, what's interesting is they took that idea of like, oh, an in-between thing but just made it in between level. Like that, that wasn't done yet. Uh, the idea of like a break from the gameplay loop to do something different. And I think you can definitely see it in games like, um, like balloon fight again, where they added in that extra thing where you just had to pop all the balloons, like a challenge stage. You can see the Galaga effect happening there. And I guess you can just, uh, you can extrapolate that forward and, uh, uh, give any like mini game for hacking or, uh, mini game for lock picking, uh, just that's the Galaga effect. Yeah, I mean, you could even say that anything you do between <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner is really just a result of Galaga having this uh, ch- challenge mode in it. 
Yeah, or like there's Kingdom Hearts 1 and then there's Kingdom Hearts 2, but in between there was Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Chain of Memories is That's definitely like, is the Galaga challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, did you guys ever exploit the corners of this game, the the far right and far left? Yeah, I thought that I was just getting lucky. Uh, is that actually a place where you're invincible? It's pretty much a place where you're invincible until the enemies um, stop lining up. So theoretically, like once everyone has assembled on the screen, then you're kind of at a chance where they might be able to fly down and attack you. Huh. But for the most part, the right and left corner, even when they're doing that, is safe. I'd, I mean, I definitely took advantage of it, uh, but I guess I thought I, I thought that I was giving myself a little too much credit when uh, I didn't get killed there. So I guess I was just exploiting it accidentally. I, I didn't even notice that, but I, I certainly would have exploited it <laughs> had I known. Yeah, it almost doesn't feel like an exploit either. Like, it could be something that they thought about, too, as like a moment to just kind of assess the situation and figure out what, what like level layout you want to take on ta- on tackling the enemies. They really have to have thought of that because if you can only move on one axis and maybe 5 to 10% of that axis is safe, that axis is safe, then I mean, if they didn't think of that, then that's actually, like, they should be yelled at. Right, right. They, yeah, would, would you like to drive to the office and yell at them? I will, I will. Uh, after... Um, after the next Smash uh, player comes out. <laughs> I love that. Uh, what else? What else do I have here? Oh, and did you notice sometimes that the enemies did this thing where they all like took a collective like breath and spread out a little? Like They didn't come down. They would just spread out between each other and then come back together slowly. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're reforming their ranks, Mike. If, if, you were, if, if you were in the Galaga military, you would know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> or if I was in the ships, I guess that were fighting the Galaga army, I would have known too. Or playing the game, I would have known. Uh, well, it's it's just know. a video. Had game. I have played this game, <laughs> Joe, you were gonna say? No, I just said it's just a video game. Is what we got to keep remembering. There is no Galaga military. They tell us right on the box. Right. Not to not to go all the way to the back of the box, but it's a little strange. That they um, that they decided to do like a big epic opening of like mayday mayday all this stuff's happening and the commander's freaking out and the base is freaking out and then at the end they're like yeah but it's only a video game like don't take it too seriously kid <laughs> I think you're uh, you're you're misrepresenting the tone they're going for I think it's supposed to reassure you like Galga it's only a video game like. You know, it's it's supposed to be... I know that this is really scary, so just take heed. You're not in actual danger. With most of our back-of-the-boxes, they have this whole thing where they say, um, you know, like, only you can stop Commander blah, 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 you know? Or, like, it's up to you. The fate of the world is in your hands. Like, I feel like to, to, to end on it's only a video game just felt like, uh, all right, well, I'll just put the box back down and... Pick up another. I game. think the better the better version would be like Galaga. Just tell yourself it's only a video game. Or, I, I don't know. Like they, they do that with movies. no. I do like that. Yeah, just tell yourself it's only a video game. <laughs> I, I think it it inadvertently came off as like 
Yeah, there's nothing that special about this game. But I feel like what probably happened was like it was just like a writer trying to do some like break the fourth wall humor on the back of the box. And for sure, and that's kind of what it reads to me. It's like, ah, oh, look, it's funny. We know we're a video game, but it's just so funny that it's like such like a bland, like <laughs> it's only another video game, like nothing special about this. And, and Sean, you pointed this out, but uh, the the same thing that's on the back of the box with that uh, transcription between the captain and the base is also on the front of the box. Yeah, I mean, I'm usually a big fan of the graphic design of the 80s, uh, but like th- this this box is actually a crime. It's a it's a crime against the principles of graphic design. Um, you just don't you don't have just a block of text as a background element, like. I don't know, but it's there. You're right. And and one last thing I had, and this is this is just me not knowing anything about anything. <laughs> uh, but that opening music when you start up the game, right? Uh, when you rather when you start the game play. So after you work your way through the menu, doesn't that sound a little bit like Star Wars? I'm, I can't remember it right now. It has this little like. Is that what Star Wars sounds like to you? I know, I and know I'm what you're talking about. Like, yeah, I do think that Star Wars sounds like that at one particular section <laughs> of the <laughs> opening theme. <laughs> no, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's that <laughs> second one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's I, I can't do it, but I know exactly where you are. Thank you. You know, I don't know. I, I couldn't even, like, fool myself into looking up the actual, like, song on YouTube. And like seeing if there was the actual part, but I don't care if it sounds like Star Wars or even if they just straight up ripped it from Star Wars, but it just seems. A little birdie told me that uh, it's actually the Nutcracker Suite. I mean, that's true. That makes sense. (laughs) So if you want to say that Star Wars and the Nutcracker Suite from that ballet, I guess, um, uh, are the same, then you can go ahead and say that. It's, wait, I've got it. I was going to sing it, but I can't. Now I lost it. I've actually just heard that that was an unfounded uh, statement and very wrong. Could be. Yeah, well, I would also argue that on top of it being the Nutcracker Suite, (laughs) that, you know, Star Wars stole from so many things already that it wouldn't be surprising if they also stole from the Nutcracker Suite. Yeah, because Star Wars is pretty much just the story of Pocahontas, right? Dances with Wolves. Ah, yes, you're right. Like, all right, are we still on Galaga Talk? What is? What, okay, yeah, let's do. I'm that. still. I've just been sitting here trying to think of the, that point in the Star Wars song so I can hum <laughs> it, but I can't get there. <laughs> a little bit of it's a little bit of a cheat i I would like to put it in my uh pause sound section but it's not really about the pause sound it's just about the fact that when you pause it everything pauses relative to everything pauses relative to you but everyone is still scrolling yeah it's uh like they don't they don't link the pause to the uh the background star field and it's yeah. just like you've, you've all just frozen in place, but you're still going faster than light or something. <laughs> right. Which makes me think, well, 
it doesn't really make sense, but it, it made me think about the fact that you can't move forward or backward in this game at all, which started to make me think maybe you were going full speed or at whatever speed and your engines died, but you're in space. So you're just constantly going at this yeah. speed and you're, and you're at the, for some reason, your left and right engines are yeah, boosters like a, a body, are fine. <laughs> a body in motion must stay in motion unless acted upon by an outside force. Right. But for whatever reason, you can go left and right. <laughs> Um, I have a straight thought. Um, Please. There, every time you beat a level, it wouldn't just say level one, level two, level three. You actually sort of like got medals uh, that were displayed on like the sub screen to the right. And I thought that was cute. Like it, it, it sort of gives you a not literally tangible, but virtually tangible um, uh, idea of how well you're doing and, it's sort of like um, leveling up in like Call of Duty or something. Like you get that new, uh, you, you get that new emblem that says what, like how good you are. So I thought that was cute, you know. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's better than just having like a progress bar or a number or something. Yeah. You got these little like badges of honor that like you get to look at and say, "Look, I look what I collected all these and I did this well." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the fact that the badges also um, change over time, too, that you don't just get the same badge and then you just count them like a tally mark. Yeah. It actually has, like, really cool emblems that, like, once you get to stage 10, you get, like, a king's crown on one of yours, and then you can keep adding to that, too. So um, I don't know if there's anything for, like, past the 10, like, if you would get something cool for yeah. 50 or 100. I'm not sure. But... It's a it's a neat touch in general, definitely. Yeah. I, uh, I, especially, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just just to say, I think that trophy support or or achievements and Xbox and PlayStation actually came out of this game. Yeah. Uh, were, were there achievements and trophies for uh, 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 Kingdom of uh, Hearts? <laughs> Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories? Yeah. Uh, not that I'm aware of. Oh, maybe okay. yeah. Well, actually, maybe when they re-released them on PS4, yeah, probably. Okay. So it's all yeah. Really, honestly, this is just. Everything involving Kingdom Hearts links back to Galaga. Yeah, this game also made uh, President Jimmy Carter decide to give out the first Medal of Honor <laughs> as well. He said, "Like that's such a good idea from Galaga." Right. Let's. Uh, it also. It's also inspired him. People. It inspired him to start his peanut farm. Uh, sure. When did the arcade game come out? Eighty-one. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> yeah, that's Jimmy Carter, right? Yeah, totally. That's. Ronald Jimmy Carter Reagan. <laughs> Ronald Jimmy Carter Reagan. Love it. Galaga is the sequel to a game that was already out in the arcades. Now, how crazy is that? Okay. We're talking about Galaga being the like beginning of all of these epic ideas. But Galaga actually had a game called Galaxian, which came out before it. It came out way back in 1979. Interesting. It's really not that different either from uh, from Galaga. I thought you were going to say it's really not that interesting. <laughs> no, it's 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 interesting actually because you can see that Galaga is definitely like everything about everything about Galaxian is like okay, cool, this is fine, but I wish it had this, this, and this, and then Galaga does those things. So there's a there's a game that is more basic than Galaga. Okay. Yes. And what's hard to believe about that? I mean, if we're looking <laughs> no, at like, the timeline of things, like 
Galaxian, Space Invaders, Galaga. It seems like all three of those games um, complement each other well in that order because Galaxian was just this idea of like enemy space ships that are that you have to destroy, and then you know Space Invaders takes that same concept but instead makes it like Missile Command esque. You know? Yeah. And then, and then Galaga's like, okay, well, Space Invaders was cool, but what if they actually came and attacked? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally grant that. Um, I was just being a goofball. Got it. Okay. Now, here's another thing, though. This is not the first time that Galaga w- uh, came to home consoles. Galaga came to uh, the Sega SG-1000 in 1983. And it was called Sega Galaga, and that's the first home conversion. And I did get a chance to play it, and I've, I've got to just throw it out there. It's basically the same exact game as this NES game. Like, it plays just as fine. There's nothing missing. You can still do the tractor beam thing. Like, it has everything that this NES version has. So they they called it, like, the the actual name on the box is Sega Galaga. Sega Galaga with a dash between Sega and Galaga. Yeah, it it, it just seems it, it feels very uh, clunky, but that's cool. Do you know why I think they did it though? Because they put it on the SG one thousand, so they figured, oh, SG that stands for Sega Galaga. <laughs> All right, Joe, you can laugh whatever you want. Uh, uh, I'm laughing on the inside. Okay, cool. Now that's it for like the past of sequels and spinoffs. Now we'll look only ahead at Galaga because Galaga gets a little weird from here. And I'm not going to cover everything, but I do want to cover some unique entries. Does it turn into so a JRPG? It never does. Oh, okay. uh, it actually goes in a better place. Open world. <laughs> I'm excited. You, uh, no. Uh, so the first one that we have to talk about is in 1984, the sequel to Galaga, Gapless. Okay, G-A-P-L-U-S, came out to the arcades, and now finally you can move your ship up and down as well. Incredible. (laughs) Is that like on the box? That's like a feature? (laughs) It never came to home home, uh, consoles as far as I know. Okay, so Mike, now that you can move up and down, would you call that a shmup? No. Okay, just just checking. You're... Yeah, you're not. Um, you're still not navigating through levels. You're not getting power ups. You know, I still say this is just an arcade shooter. Okay, just checking. Yeah, and also worth noting, you can't go all the way up on the screen vertically. <laughs> there are a you lot of shops where you can't do that. So I'm just saying. Right, that's true. Uh, did 1942 let you go the whole way? I can't. I can't recall. Yeah, I can't. I don't, I don't think either. so, but but don't quote me. All right, and then after Gapless, we get Galaga 88, okay? Came out in 1988, very much like Galaga, except for, and I've played this one too, I would say that if anybody's a fan of Galaga, this just seems like the best version of the Galaga line because it takes, it it has power-ups, it has um, these all different types of enemies, like more than we usually have. And then they also have these bigger, fatter enemies that when you shoot them, fireworks come out, like onto the screen and flash, and they do this whole thing. And I'm like, wow, that is just visually breathtaking. Wow. 
So, so Mike, I have to ask, uh, now that another one of your, uh, another part of your rubric has been filled out, would you call this game a shmup? You know, this was the closest that it would have came for a while to being a shmup, but I still think it is just a fixed arcade shooter because <laughs> you only deal with the enemies on on hand for that specific stage, and then you just go to another wave of that. Okay, okay. Okay. Then, imagine taking a very long break for a while from Galaga. And finally, Galaxian 3... Project Dragoon comes out. That's insane. I love it. This game, I made a note. I made a note here on my playthrough of this because this was available for PlayStation uh, only in Europe. So I imagine it's quite expensive to play this game. But it's an on-rails shooter that uh, has like a first-person shooter look for the most part. But what's crazy about this is that it used in the arcade two different laser discs. To play, to simultate, like to to simulate the background and foreground all at once. Wow! So you had like, so you had all that going on, but then also here's the craziest part: it was a special setup at the arcade for six players to play the same at once to be like six different fighters, and you could shoot anything on this massive screen. So it was almost like um, like a ride at an amusement park. Think of it like that. <laughs> it was all. It was all, you know, like, like it had complete voice acting. You couldn't control where you were going. And you basically just sat in a chair and moved your, um, you know, your cannon wherever you wanted to point it at. And then you could shoot laser beams at the enemy Galaga. So when did this come out? This came out around 96. Okay. Was it, Let me was check. it successful? Oh, it officially came out. Oh, my God. Never mind. So that I'm thinking of the PlayStation port, but the actual game came out in 1990. Because that's super like ambitious. For arcade. That's yeah, super so ambitious is, for an arcade it, game. I, are you like looking at this stuff like almost first person wise, or are you? Yeah, you're looking at everything first person, and it had like a. It was a very special setup. Uh, here, I'll post it in our group chat right now, so this way you guys can see it. Uh, if you look at that um, that link I sent. I'll link this in the show notes too. It looks like you're at the mall and then you have, um, you know, like six chairs waiting for anybody to sit down at. That's so, oh, okay. I see the, uh, I see the schematics here. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's pretty cool though, right? Like I love that idea <laughs> of, uh, you know, it doesn't really feel like a video game so much, um, but you do have like an overall health bar. For your entire team, so you just have to make sure that like everyone's working all the time to shoot down all the enemies. But it seems like a really cool story that just takes place in this Galaga world where all the enemies are bugs. Yeah, I, I really like this. Um, like if you go into the Wikipedia page, and you know, hopefully, people listening to this in the future can still see this. Um, they have a super bluey, super blurry cell phone uh, image that would lead you to believe that that this cabinet is some like secret area 51 thing that they could only get a really quick look at <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it really looked, like they're being like ushered past it yeah <laughs> I, I would i would sit in one of those yeah so i think uh sean you're not wrong in saying that it was super ambitious and unfortunately it's not the same thing on the playstation because you're not in a 360 degree room that 
that like has other people playing with you on it. I thought they would have just. By your... Sorry, thought they would just no, sold that as like a peripheral. Like you buy the the room that you play in. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They didn't think to do that. But um, I seriously uh, would say that just watch a video of somebody playing this game because it was actually insane to play this, and I cannot believe that it exists on the PlayStation. It's a one of a kind. And after Galaxian 3, Project Dragoon, um, Attack of the Zolgir came out, which has no Galaga in the title, but it's just worth noting that it was like the sequel and um, used a lot of the same, like it used the same devices and setups as Galaxian 3. So that's probably why they just did it to cut costs and say like, yeah. oh, we can repurpose those machines to keep going. You should only need to make all that hardware once. Right, right. Not like, oh, what do we do next? Oh, let's get 12 people. <laughs> yeah. And the last thing I have on this list before it just gets into basically like remastered versions of Galaga is Galaga Destination Earth, which is on the PlayStation. And it's this weird mix of 2.5D um, horizontal stages, 2.5D vertical stages, and then goes full on 3D. Um like first person look uh Star Fox imagine like something like that where it goes on rails for a minute and uh the idea is, is that you have to go from each planet in our solar system to stop them from getting to earth wow and do the, each level have like a different uh, uh does it have a different background and all that yeah everything is a different background um everything is very um you know, it's, like, very poor polygons. They're not, like, nothing looks great in this game. Yeah. But everything in the, in the stage for the for the particular planet, uh, whether you're going horizontal, vertical, or 3D, it all happens seamlessly. So you kind of just, like, in the same level, you switch between those three different types of gameplay. Interesting. Yeah. I thought this one was cool, but uh, it's it's... It's too janky for me. You guys know how I feel about early PlayStation N64 games. Mm -hmm. We know. But this did remind me of a Space Invaders, since we were talking about that as well. There was a Space Invaders made for the PlayStation as well, which had a solar system theme going on of, like, the Space Invaders are actually coming to Earth, and you start on Pluto, which is no longer a planet, <laughs> and you have to... You have to work your way to the Earth to, like, stop them. And that game like was really good for a Space Invaders game and even had bosses and stuff. So if you're a fan of Space Invaders and you're listening to this Galaga episode, you owe it to yourself to play that Space Invaders game on the PlayStation 1. Well, I don't think anyone has anything else to say, so we'll move on to the Essential Games List. Sean? How are you feeling? What's your thought on Galaga and the Essential Games list? I'm sorry, Galaga Demons of Death. And the Essential Games list? Mix them together and what do you get? <laughs> uh, you get a, a really sour tasting beef stroganoff. Because I'm going to just say that this isn't an essential game. I, it is an iconic game, uh, but I think that that, believe, that belongs on the arcade classics essential games list um as an nes game uh it's yeah fine if you have it in your library it's 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 cool uh but it is it is not the soul of the nes so no okay that's one no how about you joe that's, i'm sorry one beef stroganoff 
Oh, one beef, one sour beef yeah. stroganoff. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say that I. I, I get why this was exciting at the time and was cool at the time. Um, and there are a lot of games that I could say that about and say that there's still something to go back and 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 see. In this one, I I just don't think there's that much to go back for. In this one, there's t- there's too many other games you can play that that are that have just vast improvements. Um, not that this game does anything like particularly wrong. It's just to me, it's just there's not enough to it. Um, so I'm also gonna say no. All right. Uh, for my take, I think in 1986, it was fine to preserve arcade games like this so they could be on the NES and you could experience them at home. But they appear to be like so primitive next to our essential games list that it couldn't possibly deserve a spot on that. I think when you add that to the fact that it's already been preserved on consoles as early as 1983 on the Sega SG-1000, and that was like a perfectly fine port. What we really needed here was a Mode B or something that turned Galaga either into a shmup with recognizable Galaga-esque themes or something like um, like that challenge mode we discussed earlier. I think it just needed something else other than just being a straight arcade port of a game from 1981. Or like a party mode. What would a party mode be like, Sean? Please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I just, you know, like the idea of a party mode seems really cool to me. So that's what I'm going to suggest. <laughs> yeah, you know what? There should have actually been. Uh, there should have been mode B. Should have been Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. <laughs> exactly. If they would have just put that you're, in the you're game, right. mode it would have B, been fine. Mode B should have been should have been Kingdom of Hearts, Temple <laughs> of Doom. Yeah, or just free play. Yeah, for sure. Did you just leak that Indiana Jones is coming to Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> it is Disney. I do work at that company now. <laughs> okay. Very good. Very good. Um, I think uh, both of you have lost your minds, and that is all <laughs> the time that we have for this episode of Nostalgia. Uh, you guys can join us next time. I don't even know what we'll be playing. What's next, guys? Does anyone know? I don't know. Pac-Man? Yes. Like, uh, no, I, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like a secret agent. You want to be Pac-Man agent. every week. <laughs> I just want it to be Pac-Man, please. What is it called? It's like a secret agent game, and it actually looks, from the video I watched of it, I haven't played oh, it yet, looks like Jack, there's a lot right? to it. No, no, it's uh, it also starts with a G, I want to say. Oh, Gal- um, Golgo. <laughs> yeah, Galaga. Golgo Gol- Yeah, something like Golgo 13, yeah. I'm interested in playing it. It looks like there's a lot going on in this game, for better or worse. Yeah. And that game was made by Vic Takai. Uh, that's the name of the developer, not the person. Yeah, I, thought it, I thought it was the person. <laughs> yeah. Um, Vic Takai. Okay. Uh, Join so us yeah, for that. That's what we've got. Yeah. This has been Galaga Demons of Death, a.k.a. Galaga, <laughs> uh, a.k.a. Galaxian. Two. <laughs> so, yeah, two. There was, you know what's interesting, actually? Galaxian 3 was the name of that theater six game for arcades and playstation the crazy one we were talking about earlier but there's no galaxian 2 wow that's that's intense they just skipped it they is galaga galaxian 2 i think it is all right well (laughs) you guys i I would love to hear any thoughts from any of our listeners so be sure to write us in or dm us on twitter wash your hands um wash your hands yeah find me wherever in the world um 
I guess you can't, but whatever you're doing right now, I'm sure you're doing a great job of doing it. So just keep doing that. That's all I can really ask for. Keep making us proud. Yep. All right. Uh, this has been Michael Esposito. You can find me on Twitter at Esposito Film, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.